Today's episode of Bitter Units is brought to you in part by the American Homebrewers Association. The AHA has a host of benefits for joining, including discounts at over 2,500 beer businesses like breweries, bars, restaurants, and homebrew supply shops in the U.S. and worldwide. You'll also get access to discounts on many brewing publications, award-winning homebrew recipes, and expert advice. Go to bitterunits.com to learn more. This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. So what you're telling me is beer industry is Arkansas. Yeah, fuck you, Arkansas. (laughs) Um, We're going to now have no listeners from Arkansas. Oh, man. presented by thetailgatesociety.com and proudly sponsored by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best damn barbecue sauce in the known universe. You can find it at deadeyebarbecuesauce.com, locally market, and all your Midwestern fairways and high vs It's awesome. You should try it. Check out our Twitter. You'll see us promoting it. All of our people are checking it out and trying it. It is making its way around the country. It is fantastic. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Um, and find our podcast, Bitter Units, uh, on all of your local podcast stations and stuff that you would normally find podcasts on. We are back with yet another episode, and uh, you guys keep listening. We're still, we're still doing her. And uh, Tim has acquired yet another beer industry expert-type guest for us. So, Tim, tell us who is here to suffer my stupid questions today. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel bad, although she already knows what she's getting herself into, uh, which is good since she has uh, done her homework. Uh, but this is my friend, Anya Carter, who is a brewer who, well, she goes by Black Zag on on, on Twitter. Um, she is someone who has been kind of plugged into the, the beer and brewing scene for a while now. Um Someone who's been a friend of mine, I've actually been able to go out, visit her in San Diego, actually sit down, have some beers, have some dinner with her. Uh, It was absolutely a a fantastic time, and I'm glad that we're able to to, uh, have her on. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Certainly happy to have you. And again, you said at Black Zag on Twitter. Um, The Zag part. Zero zero five. Yeah, that's really important. Zero I mean, I don't five. want people to follow me, but like, just be right. Yeah, well, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but the the zag part tells me, uh, as a college sports person, Gonzaga, yes or no? Gonzaga, yes. Yes. See, there you go. How about that? Yes. I'm not completely stupid today. <laughs> um, so you've you've been in my neighborhood. I live in in seattle everett technically so yes. uh gonzaga in beautiful spokane washington of course only the best and brightest yes yes awesome um so 
we're happy to have you with us. Um, San Diego, obviously a, a wonderful city. Um, give us a brief breakdown. How did you, you know, just general terms, we'll get deeper into it as we go here, but uh, how did you get into the beer business? Well, um, when you get fired from your job of six years, uh, it's really easy to be like, what should I do next? Um, so I got fired from a security job that I was working. Uh, I was scheduling a security for a private company in San Diego. Um, totally overworked. Totally a psycho. Uh, you know, I was got that job coming right out of college and, you know, things happen. But uh, got fired after I did Comic-Con because I used to work security at Comic-Con. I used to run security for the company at Comic-Con. And, uh, I bet you've seen some shit then. <laughs> oh, I've seen so much shit. I've seen so much shit. Seth Green tried to scare someone, and we scared Seth Green. And then he just <laughs> walked off. He was, like, so upset because he's trying to scare someone else. And I was like, sorry, dude. Like, we ruined your bit, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, after getting, you know, being a workaholic, um a recovering alcohol, a workaholic, not recovering alcoholic, but recovering workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> not that yet. Um, you know, I was like, what am I going to do next? And I'm like, I really love this thing called beer. And like, it seems really cool. And it seems like something I can do well in. Um, and then a friend of mine, Matt Kamek, was working. And he's like, uh, you want to take some of my shifts at the brewery? Uh, in the neighborhood I moved into, which was South Park. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then after being a shitty bartender for a year, uh, another brewer, the brewer who was there, was leaving to Carl Strauss. And I'm like, fuck it. I want to do it. So I was like, I want to do it. I want to be a keg washer and a glorified washer of tanks. And so that's how I got started in the business. Oh, started from the bottom. Now you're here. Yeah. Um, if you're doing your drinking game at home, drink. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, and, and it's a it's pretty amazing, and and all the people that we've talked to, right, um, and other beer related podcasts that I've listened to, how many people start as either intern volunteers or keg wash or canning line or, you know, one of those those types of jobs that end up becoming brewers it's uh i see that a lot in my industry when you talk about people who started as maybe a dishwasher and become a chef um unfortunately beer is very incestuous so i would have not gotten that job unless i knew somebody and that's the dirty little secret no one tells you is that if you want to get in the beer industry you have to know somebody who knows somebody and so that's what sucks about getting into the beer industry because you go on cold, you'll never get hired. Oh, all right. So, so what you're telling me is beer industry is Arkansas. Yeah. Fuck you, Arkansas. (laughs) Um, We're going to now have no listeners from Arkansas. Oh man. Um, Sorry. Did we have any? That's the Missouri for in, in me, the old, Arkansas Razorbacks, Missouri Tigers basketball. Oh, man. 
Brett, rivalry back in the day. I like thinking about his Brett Bolima with no shirt on, and uh, <laughs> he has a tiny wife, and it's just like, how is this happening? And it's Brett <laughs> Bolima, and he, he didn't do anything at Arkansas, which was very disappointing. But uh, yeah, I mean, Arkansas football is a lot like the beer industry, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Well, at least, at least Bolima didn't wreck a motorcycle. Oh yeah, uh, well, of course. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's interesting. That's actually maybe the first time we've heard somebody say that um, <laughs> on the pod. That that it's a great analogy. I mean, it makes complete sense. Hey, um, uh, I hate to. I mean, the thing is, the beer industry has a really tough time getting it out of its own way. So the same people who have problems at X get moved on to X. And then the only way you get in is if you know that prob- that guy with the problem X. So that's the unfortunate part about the beer industry. Right. So, yeah, so I, I, in- I think that's true uh, for sure. And and we don't do a good job of even treating line level employees like actual employees. And, you know, the, there's no fair wage. Oftentimes you're working for free. It's probably violating seven different labor laws. At least uh, – Right. Um, and then so, it, you know, it's it's like a bunch of home brewers brewing out of their garage just got a bigger brew house. And that's do, it. Yeah. Do. Um, uh, maybe this question will make sense. It makes sense in my brain right now. Do people fail <laughs> up in, oh, the, in the beer industry? Like they, they fail somewhere, but get a better job somewhere else. Oh, all, oh, all, oh, my God. So many yeah. people get a second opportunity in the band industry. Even if you fall on your face in the industry in your first time, somebody will come around. It depends on who you know, you know, honestly, like the band industry is not had its reckoning yet with anything, no real consequences. So if you're a good brewer and you can brew beer, no matter what problems you have, you will always have some kind of opportunity in beer. You will not be excommunicated from the cult. I mean, uh, from the job. job. <laughs> cult. I, I would. Uh, I would even argue that you, you don't even necessarily have to be a good brewer who makes good beer. It, it, if you. Oh just yeah. Even, well, that too. Yes. Yeah. If you even if just someone, know the right people. Well, you know, you're supposed to be nice and not talk shit about the people you work <laughs> with, right? So you're yep. supposed to kind of. I don't know, say it with my eyes. So you think that person's a good worker and you're just like, sure, but <laughs> nice, you know, they're not a good worker, but they will still get a second and third chance in beer. Oh, yeah. Is, is there a way to be excommunicated in any industry? Um, the way to be excommunicated is if you burn too many high profile owners. Okay. Um, and if you embarrass them, and I would just look at Melvin. If you just look at Melvin Brewing, if you just look at, you know, <laughs> if you just look at uh, the history of Melvin, you'll see, you'll see a pattern and someone got burned and that person took the fall for everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a new company now. It's not the company that was a, you know, Kurt, who was a brewer there. Basically, I'm talking about Kurt. I'm not even industry. I don't even know why I'm protecting anybody. 
Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Melvin was a psycho, and uh, from what I've heard, and but he was a great fucking brewer, man. Oh man, he was a great fucking brewer, and he did a lot for Melvin, and uh, that got him a certain amount of clout. And uh, one day, he got axed because it just changed because you couldn't be a raging asshole in beer anymore and uh, have that position. So. You'll get pretty far until you're stopped, until somebody stops you. It, it's amazing. If you're willing to move far away, too, you can start all over and have the same problems. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of breweries don't do a great job of doing background checks. Uh, a lot of people, even if you are a terrible employee and, an, and uh, a raising, raging asshole, a lot of people are still kind of reticent to... Speak bad about another person, especially because, as she said, it is so incestuous that they that you don't want to. Even if someone has pissed you off, you don't want to necessarily piss them off because you might need them for a job in the future, yeah. type of thing. And so, yeah. I sometimes those people can can certainly stick around even longer, yeah. uh, or transition to a different state or a different region or whatever. So, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some some challenges going on uh, in the industry like that. Pose that part of the reason that's the case in the beer industry is because it is such a well, at least it has been in the past, say, 10 years, such a fast growing industry with craft breweries and all of that. The lack of qualified people means people who are shouldn't be still being considered are because they have certain qualifications. Uh, yes and no. Yes, in terms of if someone's an award-winning brewer, uh, they're going to get a little more leeway than other brewers who haven't won awards. And while it's nice to win awards, if you're an asshole and you don't do your fucking job, you shouldn't have a job in this industry. So I would say the it's not... The beer industry doesn't go out of its way to find qualified people to do the job. It goes out of its way to be like, who is not at their job or who hasn't been doing, uh, who left a place, who, you know, who's looking for a change, who's looking for this, who's looking for that. It's more about that. It's not about qualifications. If it was simply about more qualifications, there'd be more women working Mm-hmm. And more people of color working in the industry, um, but there's not. So the same people just get recycled over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, JT. I was going to say, is it because of the familiarity? It's like, yeah, I know you, so I know what kind of job you would do. Is that no? I don't, happens, or? I don't think it's a job. I think it's like, man, you want all these awards? <laughs> this is cool. Like, okay. you can bring awards to it. You know, very if one person says that you do a good job in San Diego in the beer industry, you will get another job. Okay. Even if you're a raging asshole. Like no, it's kinda of like they would look what look they look at what's on the paper resume, not yeah. what's on the interview it's, it's, per se. Yeah. It's it sounds okay. a little bit like Hollywood. You yeah. can be super yeah. difficult to work with, but if you've yeah. won an Oscar, yeah. You're yeah. gonna get another opportunity. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, Quentin Tarantino is an asshole, but he still did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. yeah so. exactly. Are there any directors who aren't assholes, like, honestly? 
Um, good question. Ron Howard, maybe? Yeah, I can't imagine Ron Howard is. I directed this porn one time. I was super cool to all my people. Was it Gutter Balls? Um, (laughs) Boy, we should make sure... Direct. Did you fix the cable? Direct is a a high high standard you set for yourself there. All right. So I was just a grip, but come on. Uh, It is um, what it is. Only one of us here has a nickname Bustin' Up. I'm just saying. So, (laughs) Jesus. A Bustin' Up production. Because clearly I'm a rapper. Oh, my goodness. That's exactly what I thought of you the first time I saw you. Exactly. That's what most people (laughs) do. He was a rapper? Yeah, of course. Yes. I thought he was Lil Dicky's uh, brother, you know? There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so oh. pale that camera people use my skin to white balance their cameras. Oh. You're not as pale as my boyfriend, so. Oh, okay. There you that. go. God no. damn it. Is he Irish? English? Uh, Scottish. There you go. Oh, there That's you my third. He's so, white. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, he's, he's nearly <laughs> translucent. So, so he uh, also invests in SPF 100. <laughs> yes. 200 if you got it. Yeah, uh, if you can find it. If you can find it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it sounds all dark and doomy, but, you know, that's just the way it is. Like, I wouldn't have gotten my opportunity if it wasn't for somebody else just being like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, people being like, I can't physically do do this like i need something else and even then i was going to get passed up uh based on what was said by the owner he was trying to find somebody else to do it besides me i wasn't the first choice to be uh on the brew crew so anyone else was uh, several people were asked before me Yeah, but that's even as someone who's involved in a small business, you look at people like, oh, I really want them to work for me, and then it doesn't work out. Or sometimes you see someone on a resume, it's like, yeah, I don't know, and then it clicks, like, you know what, this is the way we need to go. And I think sometimes things work themselves out, if oh, that it makes wor- sense. It, it worked itself out. I mean, I had belief in myself. That's what got me through that. So, I mean, my... I was asked, uh, can you lift this 55-pound bag of grain? And I said, yes. Even though I didn't know if I could do it, I still fucking said yes. Um, Because, you know, women can't lift heavy things, according to uh, people. So that was my my interview. It was like, can you lift this heavy thing? Because we can't afford to, like, have somebody who can't. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you know... I was, I was, I granted, like I had no experience in the industry, but um, I wasn't the first choice. And I, yeah, I have a chip on my shoulder because of that. Because I'm a good worker. Like, I don't fucking care what you say. I was going to mm-hmm. do the job, like, no matter what, better than any other San Diego brewer is going to get that job. So, you know, I wasn't the head brewer, but I was a seller person. Okay. And I think. Well- no, I want an explanation on that. So we, we haven't got into, and, and maybe we haven't done a great job all the time with dissecting what individual job titles actually mean. Um, so you just said you were head brewer. Seller person is a new term, I think, for us. Yeah, I don't know I that I've heard that. Brewer, what is that exactly? I was the seller person, which means like I essentially when I got the job, I was washing kegs and I was... Uh, primarily doing things like loading the mill on grain day or on brew day um 
I was weighing things out on brew day, hops. Um, then I was cleaning tanks on brew day. So, and then the next escalated to running the cellar, which is doing the transfers by myself, kegging off by myself, carbonating the beers by myself, and then uh, basically moving the product into kegs or whatever needed to be moved to. Is that how the industry works? Is it just you kind of have to work your way up? Yeah, I mean, in a, an ideal situation, you would start washing kegs and then go from washing kegs to being there on brew day, uh, milling in and and then uh, weighing out hops and cleaning tanks. And then eventually, if you're supposed to be competent enough to take over a cellar by yourself and the head brewer is supposed to be worrying about uh ordering supplies and uh mashing in on brew day possibly um and then making sure that recipes are written and stuff like that okay yeah i mean for me i it takes a lot to to not that we haven't all done it but it takes a lot to like really screw up uh beer in the brew house there's a lot that you can kind of recover from there uh the old adage of brewers make wort yeast makes beer but really kind of managing that cellar and understanding those timelines and and you know taking those gravity readings and making sure they're done right and understanding the implications of things being off schedule juggling those those tanks around yeah um you know all of all of that other stuff making sure pe- that anyone who's doing a forced diacetyl test understands how to do it properly that you're having those things be consistent if you're in a production you know a, a packaging brewery uh how are you know how are you hitting those timelines on on getting beer transferred to those packaging brights um you know what quality assurance and quality control do you have along the way including before that beer even leaves the door, hell, even after leaving the door. You know, it's um, funny, Tim, is we never, we don't have a capacity to can. You've been there. There's no yep. fucking way to put a canning line there. Yeah. But we were run like a production brewery. Sure. Um, I, we brewed twice a week, no matter what. And it was my job. It was basically get the beer out of the tanks. Uh-huh. Trans- transfer Monday and Tuesday wash kegs, uh, and then, you know, get the beer in kegs, transfer, carbonate, and these beers better be out Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So while we didn't have packaging to go to, I was expected to get those beers at it on Tuesday by noon and Wednesday at noon. How many How many tap lines? Uh, Fifteen. Okay. But it was... I mean, hard- it, I... Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you got to have a decent a amount on if you're trying, if you think you're going to be, you know, getting beers out every, every Tuesday. That's, that's pretty, pretty aggressive. It's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so we've talked about kind of how you got into the industry, but you're doing uh, brewing school now. Yes. How's that going? That's. Uh, like getting my brain to be in, you know, 10 years. I 
graduated from Gonzaga at 2009. So it's been 11 years since I fucking went to school. So it's kind of been hard to kick back my brain into it. And mm-hmm. because I have the on-job the experience, I there's some places where I know, like like today we're studying uh, East. And it's like, yeah. But when I was working there, the owner didn't care about the East. He was like, pitch it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I, laughing because like he's just like we did not have a lab. It was mm-hmm. like we need this yeast, we need this beer to finish, pitch it into the next beer. So um, that's very aggressive, and uh, it, it wasn't really explained to me why. Sure. So now that I'm learning about it, it's like oh well, yeast doesn't give a fuck uh, about your timelines. It doesn't give a fuck if you want to release beer on Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been hard, but, you know, getting through it. And hopefully December can't come fast enough so I can just be done with it. I'm really <laughs> lucky. Actually, I'm really lucky that I got in that program. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do Do you find, having already worked in the industry, that the stuff that you're learning in beer school – um, some of it doesn't actually apply. Like, I, for example, I student taught, and then I had a teaching degree, and I taught, and I found out that a lot of the things that I'd learned in school when I did my student teaching were not the way they happen in the real world. Uh, yeah. Do you find that sort of similar in the beer industry? Yeah, I mean, the school's teaching you under the perfect circumstances. This is what you would do. Um, first of all, you would build the brewery to these specifications and everything. If you if it goes right, it would be like this. But the school doesn't teach you what to do. If uh, you open the wrong valve, uh, what do you do? Um, at least I haven't gotten to that part yet. But, you know, I had opened the wrong valve at many times. And, uh, you know, it just so happens if something's under pressure, it will that pressure will come out at a force that is very strong. <laughs> so that's not really something a book can teach you. Like I already knew that. So um, it's very good. I would say I'm really happy that I got the experience on the job so that I could visualize these things. Cause I'm a visual learner. Um, it'd be so hard if I just went in cold with it. Like I wouldn't, I would have a tough time because I'd be like, well, brewing school says blah, blah, blah. But it really depends on a lot of things, such as the owner you have. If the owner you have doesn't, is not going to care if you have a proof of why you should buy a bigger heat exchanger or a bigger fermenter or a smaller fermenter. They're like, we have this amount of money and this is what it's going to be. So, I mean, the school is teaching me to how to teach others and hopefully run my own team. But uh, I definitely got a crash course like beforehand uh, on the job that that really helps uh, besides the book part. Yeah, the one thing I will say that is nice is that it's taught largely by working brewers. So at least you're getting that. So it's not so academic that that it's useless. Uh, but yeah, it does. It does. It does definitely get into, like you said, the the 
best case scenario. Like this is what you ought to do, but that's not realistic for how <laughs> what yeah. really happens. And and the fact that so many, you know, Aaron, you mentioned earlier, beer is exploding. One of the reasons why beer is exploding is because you had a whole <laughs> bunch of people without experience building these breweries, and so all of these these uh, breweries, not a lot of them are very well, very smartly thought out, very smartly designed. So a lot of the people. A lot of the things that you're working with are, are constraints that make no sense. Yeah, I mean, you you get into this industry and you're like, man, I just want to learn everything. And then, like, year two, you're like, okay, like, I've learned a lot. Like, I want to, like, apply what I've learned. And then where I was before I got laid off was year three was, okay, there's something that I'm missing here and I need to go figure out what that is. And I, I can't do it here at my current job. Um, so, like, you kind of have to have your own standards and you kind of have to have your own line because if you don't, you, you get exploding cans and uh, you'll yes-yes yourself into a situation that you really can't. It's, it's really dangerous working in a brewery. Um, it seems fun. But it's really fucking dangerous. Like, and I, you just have to. Rushing things can lead to so many other bad things. And when you're in an environment, I love the brew pub environment, but um, you kind of got to take a step back sometimes. And what I was prepared to do was, I was leaving South Park before COVID, and I was like, I'll just leave South Park. We'll be good. I'll have one more year. I have three years under my belt, and then I'll go. And then COVID happened, and I was like, oh, well, I won't get that opportunity. So eventually, if you really want to do something with this industry, you'll have to have your own standards, your own line. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the questions I had that as we kind of talk through what it's like is I'm struck by a little bit of the differences between the, the San Diego beer scene and the Minnesota beer scene. Um, do you find that there are other brewers really willing to help each other out out there, or is it a little bit more cutthroat? Uh, sitting your brain is pretty clicky. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, I didn't get invited to go to the Modern Times uh, festivals, and mm-hmm. that's its own click. Mm-hmm. So it depends. I worked for an owner who was very vocal, and a lot of people have a lot to say about the owner that I worked for. Sure. Um, and that. Sure, I understand. Uh, there was definitely a lot of hate for him in the industry. So while I had, I didn't fuck anyone over. Mm-hmm. Um. He fucked. He's perceived to fuck a lot of people over. So all of a sudden, I don't get to do the fun shit. I don't get to mm-hmm. go to modern times and mm-hmm. fucking go to Dankfest or Sourfest. I don't get to do these things. Why? Because uh, people don't like my owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the owner that I worked with, I I like him. He like we had a good working relationship. The problem with San Diego is that. It's 
instead of helping each other, when I got into this, when I started to fall in love with beer, it was great. Like 2009, I came back home to San Diego and I was a beer drinker from 2009 to 2016. And I knew who the brewers were. I knew who Mm -hmm. every brewer was. A brewer, or like a brewery opened, like we were all there. That was at 40 breweries. Now we have 200 breweries. Jesus. And it's become to where nobody really knows each other and this person knows this person. So then it started becoming really clickish. And so instead of people coming together closer, I think it's gotten a little cutthroat. Um, because people are like, what have you done for me lately? Sure. And that sucks um, because San Diego is really special. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't know. It was it was weird, man. I was I was invited to go to the Black is Beautiful uh, collab at Alesmith. Yeah. And I just felt so weird going, man. Because sure. I'm the only black brewer in San Diego that I fucking know. Which I'm, is insane. Which fucking, I'm just supposed to fucking go up there. Hey guys, take picture for Instagram. I'm like, I'm out of a job. Like, I don't want to fucking go to Alesmith and fucking hold a banner for Black is Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love what Marcus did. But when you do something that open-ended, it gets co-opted by other people. Yeah, for their own personal gain, and I just couldn't bring myself to go, and so I couldn't bring myself to be in that clique, mm. and so I don't know. A lot of people are hesitant to my face because they know the person I worked for, but I'm like, hey, you know, I've been talk shit to like, well, you decided to work for this person, and he's a piece of shit, and I'm like, okay. Okay, so what about me? So what about yeah. supporting me? No, like it's not about you. You work for somebody we don't agree with. Okay. Well, two things can be true at the same time. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, no, I, you know, I have, there have been a, a couple of, of breweries here in Minnesota who have gotten themselves into some pretty good hot water here uh, recently. And I know a lot of really good people that work there, and you know, it, it, part of me is like, "Well, screw those guys." But then I remember my my good friends or our good colleagues that work there, and then I start to feel really guilty. And so I've just you know had to remind myself that they can be good people even though they work for a terrible person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, you don't I- always. Get to pick who you work for. Sometimes well, you, yeah. you just got to have a job, right? Because you got yeah, bills exactly. to pay and everything Here's else. It doesn't deal. make you a bad person. I made a deal. I sacrificed. I told myself, hey, to get in this industry, I don't care who I work for. I want to be a brewer so bad that I'll work for whoever. And this is who I work for. I only work for one brewery, a brewery, South Park Brewing. So I made that deal with myself. Now fucking COVID happens and I'm like, the world stops and all of a sudden me being a hundred percent in my job and fucking in the brewery and worrying about the brewery and fucking dude, this year was so wild for me. I did a month by myself 
the brewer, Mm -hmm. like he had a baby and I covered for him a month straight. And I was like, this is good for my career. Like I'll prove to myself that I did this by myself. And then COVID hit and I'm out of a job. And so I, I traded in, I chose to block everything else out that was bad about the industry was happening in the industry get to advance my own career like Mm -hmm. i was like i'll sacrifice whatever as long as i get where i need to go and then now i'm like wow you did that for no reason because now the world's on pause like (laughs) what you do that for yeah but at the time you did that you did a temporary sacrifice for a future goal i did but i also i also put aside a lot of myself Okay. I I I looked the other way cuz I know that brewing is not as diverse as it should be. I know that there's not enough women in the industry. I know that I wasn't giving enough back to women in the industry and people of color. I was just trying to get myself stable. I was like, I'll get myself stable and then I'll help people. Yeah. Well, that backfired on me. Like now, where am I? Because I can't, so then, because of my ultimate goals, I want to run the operations of a brewery. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be the head person where someone goes, what should we do, Anya? What should we do? And I'll be like, we should fucking do this. And by the way, we're taking fucking Christmas off. We're doing this. We're doing that. I want to be that person. But, like... I sacrificed a lot and I was silent on a lot of things to get to where I am. Like, and I'm, I'm here and I feel genuinely bad. There was stuff happening in the workplace in San Diego. And I just didn't comment on because I was so focused on fucking getting ahead. It's bad. It's a tough decision for sure to, to make because Looking out for your your own best interests, as you were, um, is important. And then looking out for the greater good is also important. And it's a super hard balancing act, for sure. Um, I don't envy you. I can tell you this, and I, it probably doesn't mean anything coming from a, a 42-year-old dude who's not in the interest, industry, really. I mean, unless you count this podcast as being in the industry, which it's probably <laughs> not. Um if I had the money to start a beer uh, brewery, um, people like you and Tim are definitely people that I would want to work for me because it's obvious the passion you have about the industry um, and the fact that you would probably look at me and tell me to fuck off if I said something stupid about we should do it this way, even though it's not the right way. Um, is the yeah. kind of people I like to work with, but it's well, super hard to do that as an employee, and I get that. When I was listening to the podcast, I told you to fuck off a lot of times just in my apartment. You know? so I'm, I'm glad we just got that out of the way. She's so, one of us. I feel so oh. good about this. I feel so. I feel great about this now. It's, oh, uh, but, yeah. but it is. It's super hard as an employee hard, to yeah. to speak up and and know when to draw that line, right? Because paying your bills and 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 doing all those things that you have to do for yourself have a cost and and you know where's that everybody's line of where you're willing to sacrifice those things is different and 
and it's not always in the same place. It's super hard. Yeah, uh, I mean, for sure. I was, I was. The line was, you know, as everyone thinks, like, oh, it'll be cool. Like, I'll get to like write my own fucking way out of this, but I never got to write my way out of it. Um, the thing is, when I was twenty-one, going on twenty-nine. I was a raging asshole working security. Like, my workplace was like, go cuss that person out and then tell them why they're wrong. And, like, you can do that and, like, everything's fine. Everything's great. And I was like, cool. Like, I'll just go cuss that person out and, like, yeah, like, I'll get what I want. I'll bulldoze whoever I want, whenever I want, and, like, I'll get the job done. The thing is, you get fired, and then you're like, oh, they only did it because, like, they only – they knew you could, like, cuss people out and, like, get the job done and work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, they use that for the, your their advantage. Yeah, and when like, it comes down to it, they don't care about you. Yeah, they don't care well, about you. Yeah. They care about so, you. I do want to see you uh, – Cuss out Seth Green sometime. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'm I cussed pretty... him out. I was just like, "Hey, man, what's up?" You know. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could take him. Oh, uh, I could. He was very yeah. small. Very small. Yeah. He fit in my pocket. Very, very small. Um, sorry, Seth he Green. Curl, he just curl up. <laughs> if Seth Green is listening, that would be breaking news. What if listening to this like he's just like man tailgate society uh, bitter units <laughs> turn down the lights light the candle All right, there no, we go. There'll, there'll be a publicity uh campaign against us getting yes getting uh outed as as dicks by seth green would be the best thing that could ever yes. possibly happen to this podcast I mean, I mean if that's what caused this podcast to end i think i could live with it yeah. yep i do but yeah, I mean, I was like a raging bitch and, you know, so I'm a reforming like person. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do this. Like when I got into brewing, I was like, yeah, it's so easy. Like you guys just like, I can just come in and like whenever I want, right, make my own schedule and like do as long as everything's done by this set time, like I can just do whatever I want, right? Like I don't have to worry about people. I'm not in charge of people. Blah blah blah. Like that, I took advantage of that because I was like, I'm not in charge of anybody. No one expects anything of me. I'm making minimum wage. Like cool. Like I can just do my time and then leave. The problem is that if you have greater aspirations, it's like fuck. Like I gotta do more. Mm-hmm. And God damn if a fucking brewery owner doesn't benefit off of somebody who wants to do more and do the right thing and fucking fix everything and fucking be there. Like a brewery owner loves somebody who's like that. And yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many um, jobs. So as you know, she mentioned it's, it's hard to get in the industry and you've got so many people willing to do things for next to nothing. The pay is absolutely way behind what it should be. Um, and so you're a brewery owner that is, is getting, taking advantage of the fact that, yeah, you've got someone who you can pay next to nothing and they're still going to care way more that, you know, there's no, there's no profit sharing. There's no, uh, 
you know, real incentive program, even when you get to the, when you get to the top, you know, uh, a few years back, uh, at, at Surly when Todd Haug left, uh, oh, man, I remember it, it was, that. yeah, it was, it was, you know, contentious. Cause Todd's like, Hey, I really kind of built this brewery into what it is. I really wanted to get into some sort of profit sharing. And, you know, I don't know all the details behind all of that, but it was obvious that even someone who was, and at this point, internationally known brewing rock star is still struggling to to kind of get the financial supports and you know brewery ownership part of that. And and I think, um, yeah, a lot of times they almost forget. Um, well, I mean, again, let's be honest. There are a lot of people who started a brewery who's never run a business before in their life. Yeah. Tim, can I tell a secret on here? Sure. Can I tell, can, can I tell it, a secret on the Bitter Units podcast? Is it about Seth Green? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's then, about yes, the brewing know. industry. Yes. The secret about the brewing industry is if you want to remain in the brewing industry, you won't be a brewer. Yeah. Here's the thing. You'll work yourself all the way up to the brew stand. And then guess what? If you want to have a kid, if you get married, you'll have to stop being on the brew stand and you'll have to start being on you'll have to start being a company man. Just just to remain in the brewing industry to get on the brew stand is not like that's not the ultimate accomplishment. The ultimate accomplishment is if you can make a salary and that salary probably won't include you ever brewing a day in your life again. Mm. And yeah, no one I, told me that, and I'm fucking pissed. Because I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck? I fucking am fucking breaking minimum wage. And I thought, when I got on the brew stand, I thought I would be in charge of shit. And guess what? Nope. I got to get off the brew stand and tell people on the brew stand what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 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 absolutely true. I I uh, e- even before I left, I I, I hadn't brewed uh, a single batch of wort in like a year. Um, <gasps> I, you fucking be- cheater! Yeah, because <laughs> because. Well, because 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 my mind. job Holy became shit. my job became about all of the other things, managing the alt prop relationship, managing the vendor relationship, representing the brand is kind of part of sales because we only had one and a half salespeople. Um, <laughs> I like literally, you know, doing the beer dinners and doing, and so it was all of these things over and over again. And then to balance that, I mean, it, part of why I got out is is. I'd gone through a divorce. I was a single dad, and trying to be a brewer and a single dad at the same time is impossible. The vast majority of of uh, brewers that I was looking at and knew uh, were single, and if they were if they had were parents, they probably had uh, a spouse. A lot of time who worked in the industry as well. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't be a good dad and a good head brewer at the same time, and I had to I had to. Uh, had to make a choice and you know, my kid's always going to, always going to win on that one. Um, but it, it, you are absolutely right. Like the, the, the more you stay in it, the less you're actually physically doing work 
uh, you're just making sure all the other things are 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 going on and getting done, uh, along with all the because you know we had a lot of other kind of like contract and and alt prop and all these other things going on. So sometimes that was just sitting in five meetings a day, which is kind of dumb. I got out of the corporate world because I was sitting in five meetings a day, and then you know that's what it turned into. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's uh, it, it's one of those things where where you see a lot of people. There are an awful lot of people I know that are in my boat too. That started off married in the industry and ended up divorced, and and it, that's in no small part due to the industry. And I, I would say, I know some people have some very successful marriages, and and you know they've got it all figured out. Uh, the Criders at, at Second Shift, yeah. uh, they've obviously figured. Yeah, that out for themselves, but it does definitely take a toll on your personal well, life. Yeah, you beat uh, me coming home drunk on a Friday night. Uh, yeah, it didn't really help my relationship. You know, <laughs> uh, me being at a beer festival all day uh, and then coming home drunk didn't really help my uh, didn't really help my relationship. Uh, yeah. Things that, hashtag things that don't tell you in the brewing industry. <laughs> uh, it's a mouthful, but come on, you guys can fit it in. That's but, yeah. There's a lot of things. Are we not, are we not doing no, phrasing no, we're anymore? We're just going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that one was sitting right there. That's a fastball down the hatch. middle, but it's a 3-0 count, and the coach told me not to swing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yep. yeah, the take sign, JT. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and well, maybe, on, maybe on that note, um, yeah. <laughs> what we ought to do is, is take a short break, <laughs> and then we're going to come back with our beer and I want you to think about this question while we're on our break. It's the question we ask all of our uh, guests. Um, you've listened to the pod. You know what question I'm going to ask. And it is, if you were on a desert island, what beers would you need to have with you? Give us three or four or five. Um, so we're going to hear from our sponsors, one of which uh, you may hear here. You may not hear here. We're still working on putting together the promo. But it's for the American Home Brewers Association. Uh, they have jumped on to help support the pod. Um, there's info on our Twitter handle that we have, I think, newly created since the last time we released a pod. Yes. It is at Bitter Units on Twitter, right? Uh, it's Correct. just plain old at Bitter Units. And uh, you can find some information on the American Homebrewers Association there. You can get uh, discounts and all kinds of things if you sign up, uh, like 25 Five hundred, I think I saw you. Twenty-five hundred different partners that they have. You don't have to be a home brewer to take advantage of, of American Home Brewer uh, Association membership. They have special deals on books that are just about beer, not necessarily about brewing. A lot of the AHA member specials are at breweries, at bars and restaurants. They're not just at homebrew stores. I know a lot of people that. Uh, are ostensibly home brewers that brew maybe once every five years, but they're AHA members because of all the awesome deals. So, so yeah. please be, be sure to check that out. Right on. So uh, we'll come back with that answer, and then uh, hopefully in the future we'll be able to have the twelve months of Tim Johnson uh, beer calendar all, also available <laughs> through the American Homebrewers Association. <laughs> anyone needs but, that. Uh, we're going to come back with that <sighs> question and. Uh, what are we drinking? Um, beer. Well, Voodoo yeah, Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. When we come back with uh, the tasting portion of this episode of Bitter Units. 
Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great and Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. All right, and welcome back to Bitter Units. Uh, so we left previously before this break with the question. It's it's. I'm just going to call it the question now because our guests probably know what it is after listening. It's the Desert Island beer question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Anya, Desert Island beers, go. So Kern River, just outstanding. Uh, if you ever want to drive up in the mountains in LA just look up Kern River go that's my favorite beer of all time uh that's one number two double jack by Firestone Walker which they don't they make but they put it in mix packs uh but they used to make it a lot when I got into beer so uh number three Tecate but it wow. has to have a lime. Like, I'll shank somebody for a lime. So, <laughs> I, I have to have a lime. Um, we, we, we said desert island, not prison. Oh, oh. okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I thought we were in a Nicolas Cage movie. Wait, so. wait. If it's, prison, if it's a desert island, it's a prison island. Are we in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's three. Uh, four would be... Uh, a, a beer that society makes like seasonally which is the Dandy which I think is their best IPA but uh, it's like a really you know citrus forward good west coast IPA and then five would be Sierra Nevada but pale ale in cans not bottles no fucking way am I gonna fucking drink Sierra Nevada in a bottle and by the way really bothered me with the flight conversation just really bothered me all the opinions there <laughs> I was I will say. and man porn flights so here's you you forgot to mention people who order flights and people who order splashes so people who order splashes want four splashes before they fucking order their beer they don't want to be wrong about it and i get it but hey, you walked through the doors. I didn't fucking drag you in to this brewery. So hey, buckle up. Two splashes, not four. <laughs> you can't eat four splashes. All right. And if you got a flight, don't ask me what you fucking want. What do you like? Like I always ask people. People are like, hey, what do you like? I'm like, what do you like? Oh, I like everything. I'm like, oh, we have a smoked brown porter. Do you like that? No, I don't like smoked beer. Don't give me that. Oh, okay. So you don't like everything. Okay, so let's start back. Like, what do you actually, like, drink? Like, so don't say everything. Just say what you like, and I'll give it to you. I want to give you the beer that you want to drink. I don't want to give you the beer that I drink. I don't want to do that. You came here to me. 
We're in a mutual relationship. I want to leave with a thumbs up. I don't want to leave breaking up with you. I don't want to break up with you because I gave you the wrong beer. So just give me what you want. And, you know, I have to say, women are on the ball what they want. They're like, I want this. Men are like, uh, you know, I like this, but, you know, like, I kind of like want to splash it like the other thing. Women are like, I want this. Like, they're so easy to deal with. Men are just not easy to deal with in a brewery setting. What's okay. funny is that's the exact opposite of food. Like, you ask your girlfriend, what do you want to eat? <laughs> oh, no, no, everything sounds good. How about Italian? No. Yes. Mexican? No. Uh, <laughs> let's go get Chinese? No. How about just, let's just go to Americana? No. Okay, well, what about pizza? No. <laughs> Are guys punishing women for being iffy about food? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> God damn it. Be better, okay? I, I, I think you're... I think you're giving us too much credit for being that clever. That's exactly. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I do have a, a lead in, or a follow up, I guess, to that oh, go um, for it. rant, I guess we could call it. You just gave yes. us, which was gold, by the way. Oh, that was great. Um, uh, so I, here's what I do. You, know, you tell me as a, as a bartender, beerista or whatever the hell you guys want to call yourselves. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if, if this is annoying or like fine or yeah, this is the kind of person I want to deal with. So here's what I do when I go someplace and I've never been, and I know they've got a lot of beers I've never had. I say it's very simply bring me a lager or bring me an IPA, whatever, particular style i'm looking for that particular day and then they say well we've got this i said i don't care just pick one bring me one and and then the next one that i order i'll have one and then the next one i'll be like okay bring me a different one yeah now i'm putting the onus on the server which sometimes is a waitress you're playing hard to get yeah so is that like a super annoying thing or in on you, I swipe right or whatever the fucking kids do on fucking. <laughs> I swipe and I'm like, we're in a relationship right now, and you're like, whatever, I don't care. You swipe whatever, <laughs> I don't care. We're a match, maybe we're not a match, whatever. And I'm like, what's going on? I thought we were a match. I thought we had a good thing going. And you're like, whatever, just give me what I need, you know, and I'll be out of here. I'll give you a rating, you know, on a Tuesday, like Joel said. It was fun on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm I, I just, I'm also I, never the guy that blames anybody for bringing me a bad beer. That's just the break <laughs> sometimes, right? Yeah, you order something yeah, so, you don't like it, you don't order it again. That's that's why I hate flights and I I hate you know shots or whatever the fuck you called it a minute ago. Um, samples, right? It's like just yeah. order one Flashes. if you don't like splash. it. Splash, yeah, splash. You're right. So splash you know, it's brothers. like just order one. You yeah. know. Well, if I you mean, don't just, like it, suck it up and drink it and don't order it again. Or pour it out. If you're if you're freaking uh Tim's old boss, don't drink bad beer, you know. Uh, yeah. Michael, you know, pour it out. IPA, right? Oh uh, well, yeah, but but if he doesn't like it, he would pour it out and order something different. I I'm, I'm of the persuasion that I would just suffer through it, drink it, and then order something else the next time. So, Aaron, so, you're not a picky lover, but other people are. <laughs> other people are like, I want to be in a relationship long term. You're like, hey, I like seeing you on, 
uh, you know, I like seeing it for a couple of days a week, you know, whatever. Here's my thing about when you walk into a brewery, you're in a relationship with me. You know, like if you say, I want to, I want the, uh, uh, something light, and I tell you, drink this. If you go against what I say, then we're in an adversarial relationship. <laughs> I'm going to break up with you. I want to break up with you right then. I want to say, get the fuck out. You know, like, get <laughs> out. You know, Joel was being too nice. I don't know whether he didn't have enough truly lemonade or more to fucking, he was being too nice. I want to be like, I want to break up with you. Like, you're not telling me the truth. You know, we're not starting this relationship on a good level. I, I get what you want somewhere else. The thing about flights splashes with me is like, if you trust me, you know, black women tell the truth always. You can like write that down. Like, as a matter of fact, you can make it a, a slogan of the podcast, and it'd be very popular in Black Women. Day <laughs> well, well, when we when we get to uh, four units, four middle aged white dudes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and our we're slogan is Black Women yeah. Tell the Truth. Yeah, four middle aged white dudes who went to school in Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Black women tell the truth. They're like, hey, don't wear that. Wear sunscreen. Don't wear sunscreen. Don't drink that beer. I want you to have a good time when you're here. Like, so the fact that we have flights is a advantage to the consumer. And I heard someone say this, like, oh, someone doesn't even drink, like, all the beer that they consume. It's like, when you go to Russian River, like, I got, like, all 19 beers. And I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. Like, I went, I got all 19 beers on tap. Like, and then I realized, like, Oh, I got all 19 beers on tap and like it's warm IPA. Yeah. Like that's not really cool. Yeah. What I say is, what do you want? Let me give you what you want. Like if you want two IPAs and a lager, let me give it to you. Don't try to impress me. Don't try to impress your date. Don't try to impress anyone. Just let me give you what you want. And I find that doesn't always work out. Sad. Well, Aaron has never impressed anyone in his life. So. I've never been told by a woman to so. give you what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Not once Damn. ever in my entire life. Wow. I will but be like, the I will be the flight defender here. I go to and get if I'm out of town, I'll get a flight because this is my one chance if I'm out of town. Say, let's say go to Denver to a small brewery. I'm like, oh, these all look good. Let me have a sample. That way, I'm not pot committed to something I might not enjoy, but. If I come to a local brewery, like I went to freaking, uh, oh God, what's it called? Twisted Vine tonight. And I love all of their hoppy beers. So I get a sample of everything and I love it and I drink it. I don't let it get warm. It's gone within 20 to 30 minutes. So it can't get warm at all. And then I move on. But yeah, like I understand it. If we're in a relationship, I already know that you like it cold. You like your cold IPAs. I'll give you what you want, JT. <laughs> there we go. Okay? IPAs should be cold, but you know what? The darker beers are sometimes better a little bit warmer. You're right. And you're right. But. JT what... likes it cold is going to be our second t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying All is... of a sudden, I'm into necrophilia now. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, nobody went there but you. Yeah. Uh... Hey. Hey. Wow. I know I'm digging this. I'm digging this uh, bartending as as Tinder analogy That's here. Tim, Tim. <laughs> I was a shitty bartender. I was a brewer bartender. 
But I was I didn't tell anybody I was a fucking brewer there. Yeah. Like you didn't know if I brewed beer because I would get a lot of weird reactions from white men. Ooh. Don't be mad, but white men would get really weird with me and be like, How'd you get this job? And I'd be like I fucking I, applied. I knew another <laughs> white guy. <laughs> and they'd be like, Which white guy? And I'd be like, You don't know him. Shut up. Shut up. And I'd be, like, really aggressive. So I stopped telling people I was a brewer. Unless you knew I was, you saw me with a hose in my hand, you didn't know I was a fucking brewer. When I started becoming a better bartender, beer tender? Not Beerista. Beerista. No, no, no. Aaron, no, wrong. we are not using no, I'm just, that term. I just coined tender. that phrase. I was Beerista. a beer tender. When Beerista. I, was when I started being like, what do these men want? They want me uh, to come through the door and I'd be like, West Coast IPA. You always get the West Coast IPA. Like, why do I even ask? Like, I started becoming better at my job anticipating what customers wanted to drink. And if can, they didn't like it, they would tell me. Can confirm. So back in the day when, when I frequented bars a lot as a single person, um, many, many years ago now, uh, Tim, ago. you've been to the Quad City bar scene, I'm sure. Oh, um, yeah. uh, Max Tavern. Our mm-hmm. tender at Max and I were reasonably well acquainted back in the day. And I literally, <laughs> that place could be wall-to-wall packed. And I would walk in the front door, and before I got to the bar, there was a Jack and Coke on the bar for me. Mm-hmm. All yeah, the time. I, yeah, I, I had that, uh, a uh, co-worker and I... Um, we used to visit the VFW in Ridgefield um, <laughs> because he couldn't hear very well and it was a quiet place. So if we're going to go have an after uh, after work beer, two or three or four, then it was somewhere where we could actually talk and there wasn't you know a lot of din and all of that. And there was one time where uh, I... We walked in and there were already two beers sitting on the bar, and we're and but no one was there. And we said, "Is someone sitting here?" And she goes, "No, those are your beers." She <laughs> saw our cars from the parking lot and already started pouring for us. That's me. <laughs> That's, That's me. That's I'm like, Toyota Corolla. <laughs> let's, get, let's get this out of the way, okay? Let's do this, Nissan. Let's do this. Whatever that's, it is, let's just do this. That's a yeah. that's a twenty dollar tip on two beers, is what that is. Oh yeah, exactly. least, oh yeah. At least. Yeah. Um. So. Um, but those are my well, my desert island beers. Did I do five? <laughs> I think I did five. You don't have Wait, to. Do we're five. still talking about desert island. <laughs> we got oh, distracted. Yeah. Number, we got number, distracted. We should taste the beer. Like, we have. Three, three was yeah. three was Tecate. Yeah. Was there a four? Um, no, there were four was Tecate. We didn't get to number five. Oh. We didn't get to number five. Let's, number five, uh, Joel stole which Miller High Life in bottles. Yeah. Only in bottles. Oh, the bottles are the best, for sure. And by the way, you're absolutely right, and thanks to Tim for this. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is much better in cans than it is bottles. When yes. I got put into quarantine for reasons... Uh, people are like, what do you want? I'm like, Sierra Nevada can. So like, we can't find it in Des Moines. My mom's like, I found a place. I'm like, really? She's like, yes. And I keep going back there. It's 10 miles out of the way, but oh my God. If you weren't I licking doorknobs, you wouldn't be in quarantine. I love that during quarantine, JT's mommy was bringing him beer. Goddamn right. 
<laughs> I am making uh, food. Speaking of beer, amazing food, by the way. We have a beer tonight. Uh, our, I believe our second New Belgium beer. Correct. Um, from that. Yeah, you're right. Beautiful yeah. Colorado brewery that is New Belgium. Voodoo Ranger IPA is the beer. Now I'm going to tell you a, a secret. It's secret time. If I as, yes, so assume, secret if time. I'm, if I'm Bert Kaiser, this is secret, secret time. Um, <laughs> secret time is secret. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention when I ordered my beer uh, from Total Wine and Spirits. Shout out Total Wine and Spirits for delivering, sponsor our podcast. Um, I selected Voodoo Ranger IPA and magically missed the part that said Imperial. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so I have the Imperial version of Voodoo Ranger IPA. It's Tim. You get all seven of your Tank 7s today. Yeah, t- uh, never mind the fact that I've had two Tank 7s and like four other beers, Tim. They're JT. This isn't, that's not important. Um, Tim has the regular Voodoo Ranger IPA. JT has the regular Voodoo yep. Ranger IPA. Uh, Anya did the same thing you did and then went and corrected herself. I did. Correct. I did. I was so like, I don't. I don't feel as bad. Thank you for bailing me out on that. But she figured it out before like 40 minutes before the pod and went and corrected herself. (laughs) And that's about the time that I figured it out. So So I am going to be the counterpoint tonight um, to what the traditional Voodoo Ranger IPA is versus the Imperial version of the Voodoo Ranger IPA. So we're kind of giving you a two for one. It's going to work out just like we planned it. Um, so, so plan things. Tim, can you do the imperial tasting with Aaron and I? Because we're dumbasses. I will. I yeah. I mean, I don't have it in front of you. Of well, me. I, 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 I will. I will. How about this? I will tell you like what I'm doing, what I'm getting, and like you guide Aaron and I in the right direction. Okay. Like, hey, where we're we going? Yeah. That sounds, you can that lead us perfect. through the steps, Tim. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and start off, Aaron? You can go ahead and and, and take I'm a break. Check, drink, I'm going to check out. <laughs> maybe 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 drink some water, get, get some crackers. I don't know. <laughs> why would I do that? You're a so cracker? anyway, all right. I so I, I, this is is a beer that's been around for a while, maybe under different, slightly different branding, um, but they kind of refer to it as a golden IPA. You get a lot of um, mosaic and amarillo um some of the other hops listed on your shirt actually i think are in here as well um, badass by the way it's amarillo not when you Double refer to L. them as this is a ballast point after they sold shirt okay that i cut the sleeves off because i was emotional you know i'm a woman <laughs> i'm a black woman i'm very emotional so that i I cut off the sleeves in anger, but I was like, oh, man, this is a great shirt. I'm going to keep it. I just thought you figured you cut the sleeves off because you're a Patriots fan. And you love Bill Belichick. What? Don't <laughs> jinx me. Tom Brady never fucking tucked that ball, and I'm a Raiders fan. So you're a Raiders fan? never fucking say that again. Uh, JT, I believe she nearly cut you through the fucking screen. Thank yeah. God she doesn't know it's my like- real favorite team. It's it's like it's like she br- like you brought her at the cate without a lime. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't bring me a Tapate without a lime protein. Well, she's, li- she's living in the place where my team should be, but they're now in L.A. for some reason. So. Iowa oh. man killed in San Diego will be the headline, and we'll yeah, all know why. Exactly. So, I think I killed in nice weather. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, let's go ahead and get into our tasting. So we start off with appearance. So, JT, tell me what you're seeing when you look at this. I'm glad you described it as a golden IPA because it's definitely a lot clearer than most IPAs. If you didn't know it was an IPA, you almost would think it would be a lager because it's so clear. And there's a lot more, as uh, Aaron has said before, there's a lot more bubbles going on with it. So look at this, you'd say be maybe a pale ale, probably a lager, but it doesn't look like your typical IPA. It's not cloudy at all. It's very, very clear. But as Aaron has said before, it looks like beer. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's that's interesting because it's it's more of that West Coast style. So you don't get all of that excessive haze by any means. It is certainly dry hops. You're going to get some of that. Um but it's not like that older school West Coast IPA where you get, uh, you know, that caramel. You definitely, and we'll get into this, but you get some buddy, but you don't really get that caramel in there. Um, I don't know. Uh, other other thoughts? From me uh, or from anyone? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Well, it's definitely clear, which is nice. Um, for aroma, I get like that sticky candy. Yeah, uh, aroma. So you know, I'm smelling it. My first thing is like, it smells like that pineapple candy you get in wrappers that has a yeah. gooey center. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That's exactly what I was getting out of that. I was thinking the the little cellophane supposed to look like a pineapple. Yep. It's a little sticky on the outside, but it's hard, and then it's got like a yep. jelly like. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I was getting out of that. Yeah. Yeah. JT, can you smell anything, or is there like a whole new set of allergens that are in the air right now? No, you, you've got you, anyone listening to this podcast hasn't seen it, but you see me on this Skype call a couple times, have to mute myself and blow my nose because thanks to the wildflowers out west, my allergies are completely out of control right now. So I can't smell anything. So I live here and I don't have that problem. No, it's honestly, it's one of those things. It's the air quality, like legit. As soon as the first wildfires hit, like the jet stream in the Midwest, like. People I know that don't really have allergies bad were like, holy shit, this event. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the suck. Yeah. All right. Well, then then I'll go ahead and skip you for uh, aroma. So we did appearance. We did aroma. Now we do the, our taste, mouthfeel, and finish. And I'm going to start with you this time. Yeah. So for taste, it's it's clean, which is nice. Like, it's nice to have a clean beer that you don't really feel like there's anything sticking its head out mm-hmm. um i definitely taste fruit mm-hmm. and uh bitterness but it it's kind of like more of a juiciness which mm-hmm. could just be you know i know they have a juicy version of this ipa but you know the bitterness is really subdued on this beer um and I'm Which old. is funny because it's like 50 IBU, I think. I, I yeah. don't know if they – do they put that on, on there? They didn't, but on the website, they have all the, uh, oh, okay. the reference. But yeah, like, so it, yeah, it's like 50 with, IBU, so you think it's going to be – it's juicy. I agree. It's juicier than you expect out of 50 yeah. IBU. So I, I'm old enough to have Ranger 
like I was old and like had old Ranger. Like Voodoo Ranger wasn't a thing. And mm-hmm. Voodoo Ranger was just a straight West Coast IPA. And now it's kind of a I don't want to say muted, but it's definitely a more focused aroma hop IPA that's yeah. lending, lending itself more to a non-bitter beer with golden aspects to it. Like, you taste a little bit of malt, and then, like, you get your juicy hops. Boom. Yeah, I get, like, a like a bready, almost honey-like character yeah. on that, which is nice. JT? I'm glad you guys reminded me of the old, just regular, original Ranger before the Voodoo Ranger. Yeah. Because I was trying to remember, like, it replaced something, but yeah, that was... Uh... But yeah, it's... to me, once again, it's another consistent mouthfeel to it. The initial taste, the mouthfeel, and the finish is consistently the same. It's really good. It's not overpowering, but it's a nice, good sipping beer. Won't really call it a session, though, but it's just a good <laughs> idea. It better not be a session. Anything yeah, over five percent is not a session. session. It really, anything yeah. over four and a half is not a session. This is but it's really 7%. it's really easy drinking, like a session IPA typically is, so or a session pale ale. So you mean when I was session and tank sevens, that wasn't the right thing to do. That is not uh, a session beer. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, me. yeah, I agree. It doesn't. I, I mean, I guess I get a little bit of that that alcohol warmth, you know, at seven percent. So it's not like it's it's not there. But because it is lighter, I'm even surprised with, with the hops that are in here. You get a little bit of grassiness. You don't really get a kind of a, a earthiness sometimes, though. That I, I feel like I get out of those hops usually. Yeah. So they're 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 present and they're powerful, but they're still done with a deft hand. There's maybe a little bit of grapefruit. I'm surprised by how much kind of pineapple comes out. So, um, I really hate mosaic. Yeah, I'm not because, a big fan. Because there's been like a uh, movement away from a berry taste to a ice cream sweet taste. And this mosaic is awesome. Uh, it really blends well with the stone fruit of Amarillo, which was <laughs> one of my favorite beers. Um you guys didn't ask me what my favorite beer that I brewed is, but I'm not going to take it personally. Okay? Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Um, we didn't. But. It's Tim's fault. What? <laughs> <laughs> but Amarillo and Simcoe are two of my favorite hops. And Amarillo, like, I love the stone fruit aspect of it. And I can't really say that there's a lot of uh, major market mosaic and uh, Amarillo beers like this is definitely a perfect blending of the two with a little bit of body and 7% straight clear West Coast goodness yeah this is dangerous for 7% well JT you know as someone you should be familiar with the danger zone dude like <laughs> play hockey, you should be familiar with the danger zone dude are you saying I play shirts, uh, skins versus skins volleyball on the beach? Well, I say that you look at your your watch and you're like, you flex, and then you're like, boom. Or you say, <laughs> Lana, 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 watch. Danger zone. Danger zone. Yep, Danger zone. 
<sighs> All right. Well, good. Uh, we have hit a lot. Um, let's go. We didn't talk about how it finishes, and that's something that I do really, really like about this this beer. But I want to get kind of your guys's feeling of how it finishes in your mouth. Leave that alone, Aaron. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So, I, oh, so in my mouth, uh, Voodoo Ranger IPA finishes, I hate this descriptor, but smooth hint of fruit and like a little bit of bitterness and like it's all there. Like it, mm-hmm. it checks the boxes. Mm-hmm. Like it's good. It's full, but it doesn't linger. Yep. It's no. sweet, but it's not cloying. Yep. Um, that's the one thing that got me to, is that it do really doesn't linger at all. We'll ignore I, I, that. I'm, I'm, we I'm sorry. Uh, the world's worst cranberries cover band is is making <laughs> a little too much noise. <laughs> but no, it's like a lot of the beers we've done before has a very it, it takes a while for it to disappear. But this one, pretty much once you get done sipping it, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Which my kind of nice. I'm on my third and. I you know I brought other beer thinking okay I'll have one maybe two but this is going to be too much my palate's going to kind of be overrun and this is definitely a beer that you know you uh, you have to be dangerous again seven percent even though you can kind of tell it's seven percent but it's pretty easy to pick up a second one yeah Tim uh, uh, Tim we're all dangerous here okay, <laughs> we seven percent is not dangerous okay come on. Uh, you know? if, if you have enough of them, it, it is. Well, you know what? 7% maybe isn't dangerous, but why don't we go ahead and jump into uh, the real dangers that you guys have in front of you. Oh, so Aaron, well, we're going to go the danger zone? Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to take right, the highway. You're right, I am dangerous. The highway to the danger zone. <laughs> highway <laughs> to the danger oh, yeah, zone. Okay, yeah. So she's going to go grab the Imperial uh, while uh, Aaron regales our uh, listeners with this Kenny Loggins. By the uh, way, sorry for being late, but I ate way too much for dinner tonight, but it was fucking delicious. No. Hey, Cooper's I, I did, get it. Uh, they, they did a skirt steak and just some sauce with like right. potatoes. Oh, my God. Are you looking for sympathy or something, JT? No. I'm just humble bragging because I had the most amazing dinner tonight. I was just checking. Because the only place <sighs> you're going to find sympathy around here is in the dictionary. Between Good shit Lord. and syphilis. <sighs> All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on. Um, Aaron, have you opened and poured yours? Yes, yet? I have. Oh, okay. All right. So, oh, and you've already had some. Okay. Uh, just a little. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead. Actually, and, and... he's drinking the Tank Seven still. Uh, nope, I'm not. No, he, no, he's, <laughs> this is a, he's all the It's a Voodoo Ranger for sure. The all right, all right. Imperial version IPA. So only one of us has both versions in front of us. Um, but you're drinking it out of the. Or what, are you just sniffing the bottle? Or are you drinking out of the bottle? I'm sniffing it. You want me to oh, get okay. another glass? I'll well, get I want. I want to like the comparison of color and and all of that as well, right? Like we talk yeah. about appearance. Well, I can tell you based off Tim of what I can to see. Play spin the bottle right now. I'll, I'll start with that appearance a little bit. Based off of what I can see, what you guys have in front of you and what I have in front of me, definitely different colors. This yep. is more of a uh, an amber hue. Yep. Not not real amber, but a darker, like golden, coppery gold. Yeah, copper 
definitely not a what as JT called it what a lager would look like uh, that more golden really yellowish gold this is more of a rose gold uh, reddish gold yellow brown color um, so dehydrated urine if you were peeing this color of <laughs> urine you'd be in serious trouble um, this would be on the very high end of the dehydration scale um, it is still very clear um, in that you can see through it, um, despite the fact that it's a little bit darker. Um, you can definitely see through it. There's no, you know, no floaties, no cloudiness, no nothing. It's very crisp, clear, uh, and a dark rose goldy brown color. Okay, so I think. Did you just I, say floaties? That's what I said. No floaties. Well, he, no, he no, also no Foo Fighter song. Okay. Yeah, he also said. Uh, Dark rose gold, like six times. So I think we're getting into uh, what he thinks the appearance is. Yeah, it was a nailed lot. Of, someone looked at lot the notes on untapped. I nailed, yeah. I nailed it. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm I'm not well, telling you you're wrong. I would yeah. say it's more golden copper. Um, yeah, you just got it's it's more good. copper than it is anything else. Uh, <laughs> you can still see through it, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to ruin our relationship. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to kick you out of the bar, Aaron. You know, I will if I have to. Uh, oh, I love it. All right, well then, go ahead and, and jump into that aroma. Uh, what do you stick your big old nose in there, Aaron? What are you getting? I do my big Italian nose. That's your um. I don't. It, it uh, and this is going to sound crazy, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Because again, I made the mistake here because I am the beer dummy of the group of buying the wrong beer. Um, but it smells a bit sweeter, a bit maltier, sure, um, yeah. than an IPA, than a lot of the other IPAs that yeah. we've had. Yeah. Um, which would sort of coincide with the color difference, too. I mean, sure. if you yeah. want to yeah. transverse those properties or whatever the word might be. No, um, I think you're right. I, I, I thought you said that you weren't trying to impress someone and, and you didn't. Uh, Are you trying uh, to impress me, Aaron? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I of course. With your TED podcast? Of- <laughs> I'm only on my first wife. Oh, well. Wow. You never know when I might need another Big one. Big goals. Big goals. Oh, okay. Society goals. Oh. But it, no, it, it, and you know, and something like an imperial, then you are going to finish sweeter and you are going to have a little bit fuller. Uh, yeah. I just mean, yeah. everything, no, it's, right? It smells yeah, so stickier it's, okay. than a uh, regular old uh, Voodoo Ranger. And uh, the color, I, I like side by side, like copper, like copper versus golden. You don't really need to get more complex than that. And uh, I think in terms of uh, in terms of taste, this is one of those like 1999 sticky IPAs mm-hmm. that uh, I used to love, which is why I love Double Jack, which is why I love uh, Avery Maharaja. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to really love these big sticky double IPAs. 
uh, especially when they're called Imperial IPAs. I hate that. It's a pet peeve of mine. I hate it when they call it Imperial IPA. I'm like, just call it Double IPA. Okay. Like, we're all it's, in the party. It's like, sort of. So now that you say that, you've you've jogged my very fuzzy old man memory a little bit. Um, it sort of reminds me of. Uh, and and I could be completely wrong because I am the beer podcast idiot here. It sort of re- reminds me of ninety minute. Oh yeah, no definitely. Yeah, I... Ninety minute was definitely sticky to me. Like ninety minute was like sticky caramel, like yeah, that sweetness. Uh... S- sweetness, like yeah. yeah. Um, when Dogfish and... was trying to come out here and do something, yeah, like yeah, I, and I like the multi maltier stuff. Tim can attest to my my palate being the more malty beers mm-hmm. and the darker, the stouts and porters. I'm a, I'm a much more of a stout porter guy than I am an IPA guy. Um, but you've branched out quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to try anything. I yeah. mean, Jesus, I drank a fucking tiki pina colada thing the other night. It was terrible. Kinky. Uh, tiki, not kinky. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> it, it, left hand. Nitro. Oh. <laughs> you drink it with tiki. your left hand. No, I got it. Because <laughs> your right hand is occupied. Uh, pays to be ambidextrous, to buddy. So many t-shirt ideas. Uh, uh, Anya, you are in charge of our merchandise from now on. Perfect. We need to start a, a t-shirt shop and just... Well, yeah. t-shirt ideas, my t-shirt company that doesn't exist, but it's a, a t-shirt company that... Just hey, t-shirt idea that someone should print these t-shirts. So you know, you guys don't even know. I have whole enterprise merch. You guys didn't even ray gun. Yeah. Oh yeah, there we go. Get ray gun on board. That'd be great. No Um, ray gun. God, so overrated. Here's a t-shirt with some words, and it's two colors. Pay me thirty dollars. Like ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are digressing, which is rare for us. This is the first time oh, we've ever digressed, but we're no. digressing. What? So, so, Tim, can I say one more wait, thing wait, about no, no, the Imperial Tim's version? Tim's got to record his Hulu Live ad after this. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> has sports. Hulu has live sports. <laughs> uh, I want to say about the Food Ranger Imperial IPA that it's way more fruitier than the original Ranger IPA. Um, really? Wow. Like, I get a lot of, like, Starburst, uh, you know, candy flavor from the Imperial IPA than I do with the Ranger IPA. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to say that it's sweeter, it's going to bring out a lot more of those things, too, right? Like, so, I don't know. Support it. Yeah. Um... I don't. I don't know what the what the IBUs is on that one offhand since I didn't accidentally buy it. Yeah, I did not accidentally buy it. Is, yeah, I don't know. I like they, it. I'm not upset that I accidentally bought the wrong one. I mean, it. Yeah, IBU <laughs> wars. What do What do we know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it doesn't say on the bottle. Yeah, uh, I'm looking up on there on on the interwebs what they what they say it is. They say it's seventy. Which, it's, it's, no, okay. Seventy for for nine percent is not exactly like super aggressive. So it's not um, aggressive, but like I, I t- hey, I want to. Can I tell your listeners something? All twelve of them. 
technically <laughs> the same thing, by the way. I'm not oh, I'm, on our pod and dissing us at the same time. I that's what you guys said. There's twelve listeners. So <laughs> yeah, but we said we, it. Not you <laughs> smarter us, so let don't forget about that. So it's self we, we have we have <laughs> we have we have gained uh we have gained like some listeners. listeners. Since okay. last time. Yeah, uh, by the way, I'd like to say hi, mom and dad. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> but yes, so to all of our uh, dozens of listeners. Yes. I want to all... say that when you don't ask a brewery what IBU, like, IBU is a science is so scientific that it doesn't really replace your palate. So if if something says it's like IBU seventy, you might not on your palate be like IBU seventy. Like you need it's weird because you kind of need to work your way up to it. Mm-hmm. But just because you read an IBU on a board doesn't mean that necessarily you'll in your palate will take all those IBUs and be like, I feel like that's a 50 IBU beer. Like, it's not really like that. Like, nobody judges beer and is like, this is a 100 IBU beer. Like, it's more like, I get these flavors and blah, blah, blah. What I'm basically saying is, don't fucking ask an I, uh, brewer what an IBU is. Like, what so, the IBU is. I, I want to I wanna ask you, know, you a question then. What's an IBU? No, no, no. <laughs> what's an IBU? <laughs> what? What I'm going to ask is this. She said, don't, you know, just throw somebody into it and, you know, and do that. So it's the opposite of what these motherfuckers did to me by throwing me into stone IPA, like in the second or third podcast that we did that I, you know, as the beer uh-huh. dummy, they just threw all of that bitterness at me yeah. in like our second pod. Yeah. So, to you, that might be IBU 100, but really it was whatever, <laughs> right? So, it's it's like me, there's yeah. a bar called Donnie, uh, Downtown Johnny Browns, and I got a Sam Adams Imperial IPA, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I hated all hoppy beer, for that matter, when I first started drinking hoppy beer. Uh, but I fell in love with Ruination, and I didn't say, oh, I like IB. I like Ruination because I have about 90 IBUs. Like, that's not a thing. Like, it's all your perception. So give yourself a little leeway. Have a little fun with the beer. Stop going into breweries so stringent, so serious. Have a little fun. Like, when you go into a brewery, like, just be like, what do you like? I like this. How does that match up to what you like? And have fun. Don't get stuck on IBUs. Don't get stuck on ABV. Because ABV, I believe, and IBUs are a perception thing. Because mm. seven and a half to me in San Diego tastes totally different to you guys and where you are. I, I, there's a perception in the taste for sure. Uh, if I'm looking at ABV when I'm looking at a menu, I'm not as worried about the taste of 7% ABV. I'm worried about my ability to function uh, <laughs> if, if I'm going to be there for all day long. Well, Tim, like 7% in San Diego is like, hey, you know. Well, yeah, if I'm out in San Diego, I don't have plans. 7%, you know, ABV, <laughs> you know. 
But if I'm not going to take you on a date with a nine and a half percent beer, like no way. I'm trying to ditch you. I'm trying to have an out. Yeah. 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 JT, I heard that. That's all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, I, I, I'm really digging this, this, uh, you know, I always, I compare beer a lot to like, uh, music. We compared the industry a little bit to Hollywood, but this whole idea of dating a beer and dating a, uh, a beer tender, uh, Beerista. beer, beer, yeah, I want to date a beer tender. Yeah. I, I like the way you're on tender. Maybe we should have, maybe we should have beer tender. Everett, Washington. We'll go, we'll go up to Mount Vernon, which is just up the yeah. road. That's like, I don't know, not that big a town, but somehow this is like six or seven beer no, breweries. Is Mount Vernon in Washington bigger than Mount Vernon in Iowa? Uh, yes, I believe. Okay, so. is there an actual mountain there? No. Are they ah. are they also the Mustangs? No idea. Oh well. Okay. What good are you? <laughs> um, not not much, if you ask my wife. But Tim, yes, you do. I do every you've day. Dated beer, like it's in your fridge, like. You're not breaking up with it if it's in your fridge, right? Like, you're breaking up with it at the brewery, at the store. We need more people to have relationship with their beers and be like, I choose you. You know, I'm going to give you this rose. You know, you are you are in this. I'm in this with you. Miller, like, Light. Miller High Life, I give you this rose. Yes, in bottles, Aaron. Don't. That's right. Uh, don't. I agree. In yeah. bottles. In I'm bottles. serious about this. But, Super you know, cereal. it's not that bad to, like, have a relationship with your beers. Now, I found it weird that you guys had, like, a bland beer. You're like, yeah, like, I have a bland beer and I have more flavorful beer than I like. It, it made me remember what brewing was like and, like, kind of got me out of my, uh, automatic like oh yeah i make craft beer blah 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 it it reminded me of what it's like to be a consumer because consumers like i like miller high life i don't always like flavorful craft beer so your opinion matters aaron jt like you guys like need to step up more like and be like hey will you accept this rose bud heavy (laughs) i love hey Bud Heavy is I've that's the other beer in my fridge at all times. Miller High Life and Bud Heavy. My wife drinks Bud Heavy because she's a real woman. <laughs> therefore, we have that all the time. Bud Heavy, Miller High Life in the fridge. I honestly the beer I have in my fridge all the time because of this podcast, it's cans of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh, wow. And also, I li- also like uh, all day IPA by as well. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, I, I've I've ex- I've explained to JT why why Founders is is problematic. Yeah, you need to explain that to my brother on Twitter. Yeah, did you see his post the other day? No. No. Uh, yeah. Go go look at that. All right, I'll go. I'll go. He had the breakfast style. Straight. By the way, I want to say I love all day IPA, but I can't drink it anymore. So. Because yeah, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, it's for it other sucks, but it's reasons. a good beer run by a company yeah. that yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, we so the three of us were having a conversation earlier today, and you know, I had mentioned uh, another brewery where it's like, you know what, they make great beer. Those guys are tools. I, I, yep. I don't buy them because they're tools, right? Like, there's just if we're going to sit here and have at this point thousands of thousands of choices in front of us. Um, well, I thought you were going to say thousands and thousands of listeners, and I thought you had lost your mind. Um, well, if you add up all of the listeners and you just count them as new numbers each time, Since you just we started, <laughs> we get to like a cumulative thing. Okay. Yeah, because we're like sixteen episodes in or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So have we have so, sixty nine listeners yet. Nice. Uh, yeah. So. Drink, Shacy. Nice. <laughs> right, drink, listeners, drink. But yeah, like if if you're going if you're gonna sit there and you're gonna give your money to to you know and different people have different things they care about and I'm not saying that I I don't you know sometimes have some of these breweries that I'm certainly conflicted by but there's some that I just have a hard line in the sand Founders is one of those that has just become a hard line in the sand for me I I won't I. I'll be in the liquor store and I'll see you all day and I'm like, oh man, I kind of missed that beer. But I'm like, but you know what? I know of this session IPA and this session IPA and this session IPA that are going to hit that for me. And I feel better about buying from them. I'm not, you know, I, I don't get super into, you know, big is bad. Local is good. I, I've talked to JT a lot about how I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of local breweries. They act unethically in their in their their a holes. It doesn't mean yeah. that I'm going to support them because they're local. Um, yeah. So interesting. Oh, founders, man. Like I, that's my beer all day. Like that's a perfect beer to me all day. I and they've got an amazing beer garden. Like their beer yeah. garden is freaking awesome. It's amazing, but I can't. They doubled pay, down, and the guys claimed he didn't. This. The guy claimed he, he didn't know whether or not the black yeah. guy was black. Um, I yeah, can't like that. on trial. Like yeah. that's just that's that's yes. I, I I hate to put it in just simple crass terms like that, but come on, dude. Well, come on. Was, was he was he not trained by a lawyer to be completely stupid? <laughs> no, the lawyer told him don't say you accept plausible deniability yeah. as anything like what do you, you don't say anything say i don't know i don't even know if you guys are white you know like i don't <laughs> even know like you no, guys I'm, 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 I'm white. super I, white yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, oh, i, I have know. two skin super shades white. i've got pale white and i've got red because i was in the sun for 10 minutes i t- I, I do tan well because of my italian heritage but i'm i'm white I don't tend well at all because I'm Irish, Scottish, English, and Welsh. So yeah, I'm fine. Mediterranean in the house. Um, Tim, <laughs> Tim's Tim's closing in on translucent as well. He's yeah, pretty I am. I am. I'm just I, waiting for uh, his Hulu app to debut during the next NBA game. <laughs> I just can't. I love Founders, but I can't. I read. It's a lot of problematic shit. Like I get it. They're trying to move on from it, but you know. The thing of the matter, the thing is, black people haven't even infiltrated beer, really. Like no. if you go, if you go to beer festivals, I highly doubt you will run into more than five black people. You will most likely not even run into a black-owned brewery. Uh, most likely, you won't run into a black brewer. Like you're gonna see. Just- 
a lot of guys that look like the three of us. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've been like, hey, like this industry's white. Like I'll just like ride the white bandwagon with all of you guys. <laughs> but it's not really. It's not. It's not good. Like I. There, there's a lot of room for a lot of people in this industry because we are. It's a craft. Like it's right. not a white craft. It's not. No, a it's a passion. It, it's a passion. Like it. Like this is an Artesian thing. Like it, people should be involved in that. But yeah. can I get out of my own fucking way? Can you get out of your own fucking way? Can the brewery you love get out of their own fucking way? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to get breweries to get out of their own way to actually let people be the artisans they are. And you know it's hard because brewers are. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No matter what anyone tells you, it's really hard to find a brewer to work for you. They may, they may, they may be like, "Oh, we have somebody to replace them." I highly doubt that someone cares just as much as the previous brewer cares. Like, we have too many brewers falling through the cracks, doing different things. Why do we have so many brewers who just don't brew anymore? God damn it! Like, it's so frustrating because like we don't have a system set up for them like if they have kids or they're they have a life change like you're automatically out in an industry like is it an industry thing or is it because it's a small business there's only so much to go around it's an industry thing because okay because because of the fact that when you when most as a brewer when you start out you don't start out as someone who has kids or who's married. Mm -hmm. You start out as someone who may have someone in your life. Like typically what I find is you start out with someone who has someone in their life. And if you get pregnant, like if JT, if I get pregnant, I can't be a brewer anymore. Like yeah. I can't pick a hose up. So my career is essentially over. Like, like, no man is going to wait for me to come back. There's no path for me to be successful. What pregnant brewer do you know who's a woman who's like, oh, no, you know, she can do it. No, if I get pregnant and want to have a family, JT, my career's over. Yep. And and there's and there's not um, again to go back to uh, the overworked and underpaid. You can't really. I mean, people do it. They don't do it under ideal circumstances. But uh, starting a family on this pay scale is uh, nope. is not something that makes sense. So even if if you are a, a man who who yeah, I if my wife is pregnant, I can still go pick up that hose. That that right? But not if I'm making minimum wage, uh, which a lot of breweries are. Or a lot of brewers are, if or you know, some of them that, you know, breweries try to pay in any other type of way and and suck whatever uh, benefit they can out of what you're giving them, so they're perennially underpaid. Uh, it's a rarity in the in, in this industry to have benefits. So yeah, uh, but also how much uh, for the small breweries like. And it's a small business. They've got a lot of very finite expenses. 
Sure, you're right, sure. JT. You're right. But yep. guess what? You hired me because yep. I had a baby. That doesn't mean that like you should have expected. Like that's not my problem that you didn't like think about me having a baby. And it's like and a small business is a brie. Like that's how they get you. They're like, hey, for the brie. We just lost her. Uh, I think, uh, boy, we're missing an she epic went on, rant. She, she hit she, her you know, mute she button on herself by mistake. <laughs> I'm sorry because sorry, what you sorry, said sounded sorry, really awesome. Sorry, Say it again, sorry, please. I'm sorry. pretty sure the FCC I, muted her because she knew, they knew it was no, coming was in Russia. Hot. Sorry, Jake, like for the business, like you do what's for the business, but like. Beer doesn't give a fuck about your kid's ninth birthday yeah. or your kid's first little league baseball game or the fact that you're having a baby. Like yeah. small businesses as breweries are not set up for their head brewer to be a woman because that means that the head brewer, whether it's seven, eight or nine months that a, a woman is brewing until, which I've heard of, a, I've heard of women brewing till nine months. Like, you're still going to be out of the business for one or two months. Small, small businesses don't care about that. They're like, let's move on to what's profitable. We still got like, the bottom line. We got to keep moving. Yeah. yeah. And, and you also have uh, a pretty developed skill set. So we talk about a lot of people come up through uh, keg washing and working in the cellar and doing those things. But now you have... um someone who is actually producing words, harvesting, cell counting yeast, uh, doing some of these technical things, but still getting paid next to nothing. And so now you need to find someone even for the temporarily for the next, uh, you know, two months while someone's out on maternity leave, there's no like temp agency of brewers that's out there. Right. No. So, yeah. so, so, it's yeah. a highly it's a highly technical skill set for getting paid for a less than technical wage. In San Diego, sorry JT, but I just want to say this: the brewer that I covered for took a month off, and there were other brewers who were like, "Who the fuck does he think he is? Like a month off? Like why would he need to take a month off? Like he didn't have the baby." Yeah. 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 Well, no, no, that's a very that's a very American way of looking at things. Yeah, for sure. Like ninety percent of the world doesn't look that way, but here in America, that's how we look at it. Um, what was I going to say? I have no idea. It was something. It was a good point. <laughs> I'm are sure you, it was. Aaron, are you pregnant? Uh, no, no. No, Tim's the um, uh, no, it's it, off of my cravings. It it went back to something Tim and I had talked about actually the other day. While you're um, spooning? No, I mean maybe. We were, we were sporking by the so way. So let me ask you guys something. <laughs> Tim, how did Oh, yeah. I oh, I go, thought here, of, here, sorry. Here, go, go. I, sorry, it came back. Um in in the beer industry, something I was talking about what I have always done in every job that I've ever had. Uh, with the exception of one, which Tim will remember the conversation, but it's not pertinent to what we're talking about here, is my job is I've always looked at my job as to train my replacement. Mm -hmm. um, 
And and is that something that you don't find in the beer industry or is it maybe person by person? Cause in the industry I'm at now, some people do, some people don't because they're afraid if they train the next guy, they'll lose their job. But I, I have I, always, I have always tried to take that approach. When I left Badger Hill, I knew I was leaving it uh, in, in capable hands. I tried to make sure. I think the challenge is, if I have trained you and I don't have an opportunity for you, I'm going to lose you. Uh, and then I'm going to have to start over. And honestly, even though it's brewing is brewing, it's brewing is this brew house is different than that brew house is different than this brew house is different than that brew house. You know, I've hired people that I thought had a really good resume. And when I brought them in, they couldn't ever follow our SOPs or they couldn't ever seem to kind of get away to get around how their previous experiences work for them. And so that can also be a problem. And then again, if you're going to, if I'm going to train someone to be as good as me and I need to go take a, a month off because of a, a baby. So I'm going to say what, Hey, you go ahead and cover for me while I'm gone. But when I get, when I get back, you go back to, to cleaning kegs. Like no. it, it's, it's, I didn't a, want that. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. Yeah. We're getting like PTSD fucking here. But like, <laughs> but me, I want, I, there's nothing to hold back. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking brewing. Like, mm. I, I hate to like ruin it for your listeners. <laughs> all, all of them. Drinking game, ding. Uh, <laughs> but it's not that. You can't tell she's a loyal listener, at least. It's not really that hard. Like, once you learn from someone, you're kind of adapting what they told you or what you've experienced. Sure. So, like, to me, like, I, I'm i not afraid of someone leaving. But there are a lot of brewers who are like, don't leave me. Like, I, like you're my guy. You're my girl. Like, I, I finally get to have a life. Because you're here and you're competent and like you can do the things that I need you to do without me being here. But the thing is, those people who are can actually are competent and do their job, they want to leave and do their own thing. They don't want to be your fucking weekend person so you can go to your kid's baseball game. They want to be like their own person. And... I'm never going to fault anyone for leaving. Like, oh, no. it's my fault. If, if someone leaves and I'm, I'm holding the bag, it's my fault because that means that I didn't have somebody up next in the queue that can take advantage of what it is. And I think a lot of specifically San Diego, there's a lot of hurt feelings there. There's so many hurt feelings there about like, you left me, you left me hanging to go do your own thing. And it's like, no, they didn't leave you hanging to go do your own thing. Like they were going to always do your own thing. And you just hoped and prayed that they would hold on yeah. Long enough for you to do something with their career. Like it's I, not I right. think I yeah, I think that's right. I think the the one thing that it is probably nicer here and it's maybe there's there's probably just as hurt feelings we just like to hide it under our, our Minnesota nice. But like I I have I have uh former employees that moved on to other breweries. Um and I'm proud 
you know, I was proud to, to, to tell, because I knew I didn't have the opportunities to give them that, that the only way they were yeah. going to advance was for me to die. Right. And <laughs> so, well, and, yeah. and so I look at so, those oppor- those things as successes, right? Yeah, that they, exactly. they have the skill set and they have the ability to go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, I think of the, the guys that I had before that were like Steve and Jeremy. Uh, they're at different breweries now, and and I was like, man, I'm I'm proud of you guys, and I'm still proud of them. Uh, so I don't know that we have that, but at the same time, trading your replacement is fine. But to Anya's point, um, the the people that you have really found that are going to be really, really competent are already going to be able to, to kind of find something else. So they're not going to be able to, to, to stick around. So while you're trying to train your replacement, you have to be able to still keep them around and there's not owners aren't necessarily pulling up pay raises every year to, or other incentive programs or scholarship programs to go to school, broaden their horizons, find other ways to get them that, they're really relying on like maybe your Brewers Guild or uh, the Master Brewers Association. Like, well, just apply for those. You can you can get the education you want. Just apply for those things. Well, those scholarships aren't as readily available as 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 owners like to to claim they are. And you know, I I, I understand why brewery owners can't give out pay raises every year, but you do. Even if I'm, pr- I can be very proud that I have lost all these these brewers to other breweries because they were sought after and they were wanted but i'm not going to be proud that i lost them because i couldn't give them what they deserved but tim let me ask you something like you should be more proud in what you taught them because if they can't leave if they don't leave you and want to go do something else let me tell you something this is i'm sorry if this is controversial but because that stops get... you in the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right, Aaron. If you if you hit a ceiling in the in brewing industry and you're like, I feel like I could only be an assistant brewer. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Don't do this. Like this is a waste of time. Like we we need people who like will actually go and do action and like progress the industry like we need people like who will act we need people who will empower other people under their wing like you tim like tim like come on if people want to leave you're not going to be like oh don't leave me no like you're not going to be some kind of scorned lover you're going to be like yeah i can't do anything for you <laughs> like leave like oh, again that's what I, that's what i'm saying is that's where i'm frustrated Did, that's where disappointed I'm but understanding Oh yeah, no, I'm not yeah, mad at them for sure. I'm, I'm mad at myself, or I'm mad at the owners that were not able to take care of them. So yeah, you talked about training uh, your replacement and getting that going. The balance there is you have to be able to, because you know I have had brewers that were that they did kind of see their ceiling at a certain place, and that was good and that was useful. So it was like okay, well then I know that part of what you love about uh, your job is that you're always going to be the first turn brewer. Get in at six in the morning. You like being done. That's fine. Understand that there's a ceiling to that, but that's reliable. I know that you're going to be really good at your job while you're there. You're constantly getting better at your job, but you're not trying to necessarily do anything. But that also is someone who was a lot older. And, and that's something that is, is 
also kind of different in this industry is uh, I don't know what it's like in in San Diego, uh, in Minneapolis. There are a lot of people because again, it's not it's not a lifestyle conducive to having a family uh, because of pay, because of time needs, because of all the other, like you said, coming home drunk, like all the other things that are a problem is that we have a lot of young people. And so young people that, that if you're, I'm going to say something that's going to sound, I uh, think, you know, HR would not be happy with me. If you're, if you are, if you're in your fifties and you're kind of content with where you're at, awesome. I can use that. If you're in your twenties yeah. and you're kind of content, content with where you're at, I'm probably not going to be able to use you as much because someone who's older has probably already gotten a lot of experience, has already been able to to, to now, and now they're just learning how to like tweak and refine yeah. where they're at. Whereas someone who's who's young and content with where they're at is not going to necessarily drive forward or maintain. Yeah, but Tim, like that's how we got where we are. Like that's how yeah. the PA is where it is. Like old. Oh yeah, no, I don't want. I don't want a brewery full of, of old people. That's not what but, I don't. I want you know, people, but I want I want to, young hungry people. To me, I can't. I've had friends who are like, I'm okay with where I am, and I'm like, why did you get into this for 13 years and like you're okay with just brewing the same batch of beer for 13 years in a row at Stone? That's well. That's why I, I don't. I'm, like that. I, I was gonna say that's what I didn't like like doing work production is it's the same thing over and over and that's, over and over and over again. But that's pretty pretty typical in a lot of industries. So in in the industry that I'm in, we've got guys, you know, I hire guys thinking this guy can ultimately become a sales guy. Yep. Right? A regional yep. sales manager like I am, right? I'm always trying to train my the next me. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully maybe somebody that's better than me. Um but we also hire guys that are service guys, right? Mm-hmm. Their job is to fix and maintain and repair and do the, the menial, I don't want to say grunt work, because oftentimes the service guys are every bit as if not more important than the sales guys are, because they keep the business for, on, for us, right? Once, we've, once the sales guys have gone on and sell, sold the business, those service guys that are in there every month are the ones that keep the business. So they're every bit as important. So I don't want to demean what they do by any means. But there's a difference in the type of person that is. Sure. There's, there's the guy yeah. who will aspire to be more, that will want but, to, to grow and, and continue. Yeah. And those guys that are uh, content – quote unquote, mm-hmm. or happy to be the service guy or the guy who's a, you know, wart guy or whatever you were just talking about at Stone, you know, those guys are important too. Um, but, but, but your guys that have uh, drive and want to do something more, there's uh, an incentive or a reward, right? Uh, sometimes. Right. I mean, you said there's guys that are going to turn into sales. I assume that sales means that the better sales you are, the more money you make. Um, only once you become a salesperson, at sure. least in my particular interest. If you're sure. a service guy and you want to become sales, you've kind of got to do the job before you can get the job. Sure. If that makes sense, you know. What yeah. I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah. like um, the beer distributors are, are are a lot like that. Guys that that drive the truck and and deliver to to uh, retail locations. Right. Those are the and, guys and they, who turn it into sales. And they start by selling into existing accounts and yeah, increasing exactly. the number of SKUs exactly. that are going into an existing yeah. account. Those types. Same sort of scenario. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, but brewers don't like that. Yeah. Bert, head brewers need somebody who's almost a second spawn of them to do exactly what they need to do. And when you're when you're growing up in like brewing, like you're just duplicating what the head brewer wants to do. Like right, I, I, I get right, wrong saying. or indifferent, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, exactly. Because <laughs> you don't have a voice in that situation. Like your voice is like whatever the head brewer tells you your voice is. So what I'm saying is the the push to be creative, the push to be, hey, this person can take my job. There is no push like that. There, the push is, I, you need to be my number two. And I don't want you to leave me. Don't leave me if you're my number two. Like, I want to have, like, this is my chance to have my life. And mm-hmm. it's it's very, very toxic because, like, you're like, I get to be the number two, but, like, I don't get to have my life because I'm just repeating what the number one says. Yeah, and they may not no be there. There's no free reign. There's no free reign. And it, it, it's a cycle, and it's it's not is, good. There, yeah. It basically, I, yeah, I guess basically to kind of summarize it, as someone who's worked in the corporate world before jumping into into brewing, you're basically asking a line-level employee to be middle management. But still rewarding them like a line level employee. Yeah, because I'm 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 big on when I train my replacement, right? Yeah. Of giving them free reign. They'll ask me what I think they should do, but I don't tell them that's what they have to do. Uh, which is different than what you guys are talking about. So there's a lot more free reign when I do it uh, versus what you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, those guys. To, to some extent, it's also because I'm a devious a-hole at, uh, to a certain extent and that I give them enough rope to hang themselves because I'm going to find out whether they can do the job or not by doing that. Yeah. Um, but you guys, the, the head brewer, it sounds like the head brewer just wants you to do A, B, C the exact way they want you to do it. Well, and and it, that's it. It does go back to JT's point about being, you know, small business being a big driver of this uh, because – uh, margins are lean. Uh, many breweries are over leveraged. Uh, people are constantly, constantly compromising their integrity, uh, to, you know, just get something done. Uh, that, yeah, it really gets to be a challenge of, you know what, this is the right way to do things or, Hey, you know what, let's go ahead and, and Hey, protege you have an idea let's go ahead and try that well no distribution is counting us to get exactly this done exactly as we have before even if we're doing it wrong we're doing it wrong in the right way you know i, I had a previous head brewer that went off to a contract brewer and he said the mo that they were they were a a they did contract and then kind of manage gypsy brewers as well and and he said that you know, his job was to kind of go and oversee all of the different type of brewing facilities. And he said that the brewing facilities that did everything wrong were the most successful because, uh, you know, people don't care about the right things necessarily. Uh, but they were so afraid to, to F with the process uh, that, you know, they, they got consistency, whether that consistency was good. 
Uh, and so that kind of becomes a challenge is that you're constantly making, I mean, it goes back to, to what Anya was saying earlier about, about brewing school is they talk about, Hey, here's how things work in an ideal, uh, environment and what brewery is anywhere close to ideal. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably as good a place to stop as any. Um, I'm pretty sure we could probably go on on this at all, uh, for quite a while. Um, so we should probably call it a day because we drink <laughs> a lot of beer. Uh, we're closing in on what would probably be the longest second half of the pod we've ever done. Um, well, so. no, I think we went longer with with Joe Plouffe. It just got cut off by yeah, well, we lost by technical difficulties. Audio, so, um, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, I mean, we really appreciate uh, you being with us. It's been uh, an absolute blast. Um, you're one hundred percent welcome back anytime you want um, to uh, drop bombs on us or or whatever you want to do um, for my swipe stupid, left or right. Yeah, swipe <laughs> right or left. Or, uh, debate me on my stupid Dale's pale ale takes or any other <laughs> things that I might say in the course of this pod as we go on, because um, that's what I'm here for. Um, I want to remind everybody. Um, to check out the American Home Brewers Association. Tim, what's their website? Do you know offhand? Uh, is it, I, I, is will, it I will send everyone to at Bitter Units uh, on Twitter, and I'll make sure that there's a link out there so everyone can go through uh, there. there. You go. And also, um, if we can get it to work, bitterunits.com. Um, is... We will eventually have a, a link there. They will direct you right to uh, the AHA. Uh, website so that you can sign up and get all those benefits. Um, again, listen to all the other podcasts on the Tailgate Society. Um, they are gracious enough to host our crazy asses every week or every other week, I guess we're going uh, right now. Um, so they let us uh, use their their feed and all of that, which is awesome. But uh, that's Culture Check and uh, – Sports and Corks, Matinee Baseball. We're not that drunk is making its return here pretty soon. Um, so drunk Dialing, I think, has, has an episode. Drunk Dialing, I think, is on tap. Uh, we're not that drunk. I think just recorded with – I think they just did two. They just had, uh, they had uh, uh, Spencer Hall on, yep. um, and they also had uh, uh, Reed Forgrave, I believe, yeah. uh, yes. recently. So. God, um, check out all the other podcasts on the tailgatesociety.com, which is very proudly sponsored by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, uh, the best goddamn barbecue sauce in the known universe. You can find them at deadeyebarbecuesauce.com, locallymarket.com, uh, your local fairways and high V's if you're in the Midwest. And uh, Anya, you're on mute, but I'm going to ask you if you have anything else. That you want to say, you want to throw JT under the bus, Tim under the bus. I'm obviously perfect, so there's nothing to say about <laughs> me. Uh, before we go, again, we appreciate you being here, but we're going to leave the last word to you. Uh, I just want to, if Gonzaga plays basketball this this year, uh, Neil will have a lot to, to uh, answer for because uh, Neil knows what happened when Gonzaga last played uh, West Virginia. 
And so uh, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings on the podcast, and I I don't really want there to be a lot of hurt I feelings. I love the Neil Stewart call out. That we need more of that. I want Neil to heal before the season. That's what I want. And uh, he called me out on on soccer. I saw that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> no, Neil must be stopped. Uh, and I will stop him. Um, and if I have to jump back on this podcast as a uh, rowdy caller, I will. So, yeah, thanks for having well, me on. If don't, that, if... follow, don't follow me. Do not follow me. It's do not follow stupid. Black Zag 05 do on Twitter. Do not follow that. Do not do follow, not follow Black Zag 05 on Twitter. And, and just, just, re- just remember, black women don't lie. I That's right. Lie. I've never lied. I didn't lie in this entire podcast, which is more than I can say for anyone at Tolgate Society. So, I have it. The last word from Anya Carter, Black Zag 05 on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to another edition of. <laughs> Bitter units and uh, Neil Stewart. If you're listening, you've been put on notice. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks.